Welcome to Love and Other Investments, where we talk about finances, but more importantly, how finances impact relationships. My name is John, and I'm a financial planner. And my name is Jeff, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jeff. And welcome to Love and Other Investments. In this episode, we're going to talk about something pretty basic, and that is just taking care of your money. Um, You know, I've been working with families for almost 30 years, and I've actually learned a few things. I've observed enough different ways that people do things. I've observed enough success and failure to kind of have some opinions. Such as? So if someone were to ask me, so Jeff asked me this question, ask me, what would you say determines financial success? What would you say determines financial success? <laughs> That's a great question. No, I'm glad to provide it. a really question. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I feel like I've actually kind of starting to get a little bit of a handle on this. Now, the problem is, is that, you know, anytime you get that, that older uncle that sits you down and says, let me tell you something really important, you know, and you're not in the mood to hear it. You're not ready to hear it. <laughs> and you, you know, should run away anyway. Yes, you should. You probably <laughs> totally should run away. But, you know, every once in a while you have somebody grandfatherly sit you down and give you some advice. Sure. Um, and maybe it means something to you. It obviously means something to them. But I'm going to give you the advice and then I want to unpack it. So the advice is that... Of all the things that determine financial success, whether that be increasing your income significantly, um, finding some crazy investment to get involved in, um, starting up a side gig, you know, those types of things, um, finding some, something that you can invest in that goes to the moon, um, or something on the other end like, you know what, we're going to pay off our debts and that's going to change everything. When you look at all of these kind of actions that, you know, we kind of think that would, there has to be an action that will bring about success that we're not currently experiencing, right? When you look at all of the actions, here it comes. When you look at all of the actions Mm -hmm. that bring about success, I'm going to say that the strongest determinant for long-term financial success is found in the care of your own money. Okay, so what do you mean by the care of your own money? Well, and this is kind of where it gets complicated. So if we're saying it's not making more money and we're saying it's not even in paying down debt, which I'd be a huge fan of for anybody. Sure. What I'm really talking about is is, is I want to talk about two different family sets. And I want to say that they're both really good at budgeting. They've gone through our exercise. Maybe they've gone through our course. Mm-hmm. And they've looked at what they spend over the last year. They have an idea of where all the money goes. And so they've made a budget going forward. Mm-hmm. And over the next couple of years, using that budget, one of the families is able to save a bunch of money mm-hmm. and pay down some debt and do the things that are most important to them. <clears throat> and the other family is $16,000 further in debt. Okay. So what happened? How, is that, how does that even work? And I think the trick is that there's something really hard to put your hands on, and that's this idea that you have a realistic view of the way things really work in your world. So maybe you go back and you look at your budget at what you spent, your your history, and you say, you know, last year we had a big car repair and we had an air conditioning unit go out. Um, 
you know, so we, you know, we got a little bit behind last year. But you know what? I don't think those things are going to happen again. Sure. You're not going to replace your air conditioner every year. Right. And, you know, the car's now in good shape. So we really don't need to put any money aside for bad things because we, we had, they happened last year. Right. And therefore, they're not going to happen again. Correct. And, and I might even go as far as to say that because when we looked at the budget after pulling out those bad things, um, it made things really tight. And we weren't able to go on the vacation that we really wanted to do. And we weren't able to, you know, do this other fun thing that we wanted to do. We weren't able to eat out as much as we wanted to eat out. Sure. So we kind of felt like, you know, those things probably won't happen. And we really, we really value these other things. So let's, let's just allocate money this way. But it's not a realistic view. It's, it's not a eyes wide open view of the way the world works and the way that chaos consistently enters our world from different places. So, you know, one family goes in and says, look, you know, it may not be the air conditioner, it may not be the car repair, but there's going to be some amount of strange, it's going to be a medical bill or an unexpected need for some education or there could be a death in the family. We have to travel and buy airplane tickets. I mean, you just, you just don't know what it could be. So you build margin in your budget because you know that there's going to be likely some surprises. Now, I want to say something else, too. Um, I'm not saying that financial success can't be improved by any of these other things we early mentioned, like quality investments, um, finding a new job opportunity, or or getting a big promotion at work, um, starting a business or a side hustle um, that really starts to pay off. Those are actually really helpful things that can kind of advance your cause in the game, accelerate your success, right? Certainly paying off debt gets you in that in that mode. Sure, finding a way to save money on things you need to purchase. Yeah, efficiency. I never want to underestimate the power of efficiency. But when we really think about it, um, people aren't, if you make more money and you don't have a good plan, you spend more money. And you don't necessarily advance your cause. So what has to happen is, is this idea of creating a margin inside of your system where there's a certain amount of money that's going to be available at the end of every month to put aside, um, to invest, to pay down debt, to get ready for putting the kids to college, for getting ready to retire, <coughs> for these types of things. Those are the things that practice of always being able to find some space in the budget to save or to whatever. Those are the things that care of your money that really uh, makes a big difference over time. And those are the things that when you do get in more money, when you get a raise, when you take on a better job, uh, when you have some success in your business or otherwise, you know how to handle those extra dollars. You immediately know, hey, we're not going to take all of this newfound extra leverage, this newfound extra wealth, and burn it up on things that we like. We're going to put a certain amount of this back for the future. We're going to invest. We're going to use this to to advance our cause, right? Mm -hmm. The one that I see most with um, people who are about to retire or retirees that fall into a trap is the fact that they expect too much out of their investments. There's this feeling that... Well, 
um, there's an idea that I've worked really hard, we've saved a bunch of money, and so it should let us live the way that we want to live. Well, number one, the market doesn't care how you want to live. The real estate market doesn't care. I don't know a single market that cares how you want to live. And I've not ever found a market that doesn't have some unexpected bumps or changes sure. to what it's going to do. And they're, it never they're sort of famously known for this, right? Yeah. Like they go up and down persistently. Yes, they are unbelievably unpredictable. And so you can imagine what I'm really describing here is a mindset. It's a mindset that says somebody somewhere, something owes me something because I've done my part. And that just doesn't exist in the financial world. It doesn't. It's not that you shouldn't expect to return over time. It's not that you shouldn't expect to do well. It's just that just like you had to do while you were in your accumulation phase, you have to expect to have margin. You have to have space for the unexpected. Because mm-hmm. when you're a retiree living off of investments, it's not that your air conditioner goes out. It's that the market goes out. Yeah. And now, you know, what you planned on being really cool uh, may take a couple of years to sort itself out. Do you have room in your plan for that to take place? If you've been practicing that move of creating room, if you've been practicing taking care of your money in a way that has margin, that has space, um, that has room for things to be good or bad, then you can naturally roll with those punches um, even later on in life when, when you're living off of these dollars. I think it's really interesting because as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about how I do this mm-hmm. as the, you know, as the therapist, um, I have a different process than probably you do mm-hmm. on this. And, and strangely, I notice my process on taking care of my money is, is sort of being in a routine. Mm-hmm. So for instance, every day, I have, I have some software that I use to organize my money. It allows the you know, bank to download my purchases and income, and I can just look at it on the screen. Right. And I can you know, sort of pay attention to it. So every day, I just open up my account and I look at it. Mm-hmm. It takes two minutes, not mm-hmm. an exaggeration. Right. I'm not obsessed about it, but I just look at it every day in a routine way. And... What that allows me to do is what you're describing. I feel as if I'm taking care of it. Well, and you're watching the flow and movement of it. Yes. And you're becoming unaware. I mean, I know you're aware of this, but maybe unaware to other people is all of those little observation points that you have is kind of like frames in a cartoon, a bunch of still frames. Yeah. And over time, they make up a story. Right. And your brain is really good at processing that story and learning um, the parameters of the good parts and the bad parts of that story. Yeah. I think one of the things that I notice is that I'm not obsessed about whether the numbers are high or low. Mm-hmm. I just want to see the motion. Mm-hmm. But I could see how somebody was super obsessed with it. The number always needs to be higher, right? They would, ha- they would really struggle with my way of taking care of it because it would be every day looking at you. you the goal would be like, I always have to find a higher number, right? Mm-hmm. If I get, the, I get to my accounts and it's not higher than, uh, what a horrible feeling that would be. But there's a process that I go through that's more important than the number itself. Mm-hmm. 
right? Whether it's high or low, I, yeah, I feel as if I'm caring for it by observing it every day. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Um, but there's something that you have, you have an internal governor that says how, what that movement needs to look like. It's not just that it's moving because if it's all moving away from you, that's not relaxing that's a problem. at all. <laughs> right. 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 I, I like the analogy of speed limits and that is, you know, if I'm on a long trip, you know, I might be willing to, to drive a couple miles an hour over the speed limit. That might be a slight under exaggeration, <laughs> but I know, um, that if I go above a certain point, I'm getting into a really starting to get into a dangerous level. And the longer I go that speed above the speed limit, what am I, what's likely to happen? Yeah. Your risk goes up for a ticket. Yes. Or a crash or something. How much time does that really save me on a trip? Not very much. Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, is getting there three minutes faster or getting there eight minutes faster on a, you know, a multi-hour drive, is it worth creating that kind of risk? I'm going to say it's not. Yeah. It feels like I'm really making some progress, but I'm not really changing the outcome. Yeah. The outcome is knowing where I'm going and being on the right road and taking care of my car, not running out of gas, not getting a ticket. It's maintained. It's maintaining yeah. the trip. It's making progress. Right. So that's what I'm really saying is, is just the simple act of not screwing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Not taking too much risk. Also. Not taking too much risk, exactly. Knowing where to take risk. Yeah, every once in a while you get an opportunity to take a shortcut. You know, every once in a while you get to move over into the diamond lane and make some time. Um, and you should do that when you get the chance. But so much of what determines our financial success is really just taking care of the day-to-day and not allowing yourself to get surprised by what shouldn't have surprised us last year either. So my encouragement to you is, is it's not about how much you make. Uh, that is not going to provide the contentment you want. You won't be more content um, with more than you are with what you have now. Um, contentment is a decision to be okay with where you are, even though you're looking to make it better in the future. So, you know, when we go back and we look at our spending, um, look for those pictures that are realistic. Don't let yourself get sucked into a narrative of bigger fat Bigger, faster, cheaper is the way to get it done. Mm -hmm. It's steady is what wins the race. Hey, thanks for listening. Please leave us a review and follow us so you don't miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit relational-media.com.